Hey, everybody. This is the Making Awesome Podcast with 3D Musketeers. I'm Tad. This is Grant. Grant, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. We're on episode five. Things are getting a little interesting here. We're going to be talking about the benefits of 3D printing. But before we get too deep into it, you might hear what sounds like a whining dog in the background. And I promise you, it's not a cat person because she leaves me alone. Uh, <laughs> but it is our Lulzbot Taz 6 making a big part for a customer. It is one of the loudest printers in the fleet. And uh, there's not much I can do about it. So if you are audio only, I apologize for the poor audio. Maybe I'll just have to get right up on this microphone or just, not. Just uh, to drown it out. With your, just to drown it out. But pipes. no. Hey. But you know, this is episode number five. Uh, crazy that we've gotten this many, which doesn't sound like a ton. But, you know, we're not Joe Rogan or anything. So we're not, we're not going to hit the thousands yet. Anyways, Tad, take it away. We're going to talk about the benefits of 3D printing all right well there's lots of aspects that we can cover with this right um probably the main sort of dichotomy with 3d printing versus other manufacturing methods is when is it right to go for 3d printing versus something else um probably a good place to start with that is like the amount of whatever you want to make 3d printing is good for prototyping because the materials are cheap, the machines are relatively cheap. Um, what you pay for really is the expertise of the people who run them and the design work for whatever it is that you're prototyping. That's where the big costs come in. But for, um, for prototyping, you get rapid results, relatively speaking. Um, I mean, it's not like quite as quick as machining uh, like a CNC mill. It's much cheaper. Yeah, you're more not affordable. On. We should say cheaper is yeah. not the right term, as business schools taught me way too many times. Cheap is not. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, so there's that. Like, if you want ten thousand or something, you probably want it injection molded oh, yeah. or or die stamped or something, depending on what it is. Um, Talk about your experience as an engineer, because you, you, you've sure. worked with 3D printing well before you worked with 3D Musketeers. So, you know, what, when would you be utilizing 3D printing and how did that modify the workflow uh, to before previous when you didn't have access to the technology? What, is the, what do the um, workflows look like? Previously, uh, before we had 3D printed parts, um, I did a couple of design projects that I mean, we did everything else. We, we would machine things on a manual uh, vertical mill. We would resin cast stuff by hand. Uh, hell, we made some stuff with Bondo, and I think I lost a good amount of brain cells when we were doing that. <laughs> that was not fun. Oh, that's an awful smell. Um, so, you know, the, we, would, we would rapidly uh, kind of jury rig stuff to uh, prototype. And then when we, were, we had access in our 3D printing lab to 3D printers finally, I think this was like my sophomore year, um, it was great because then we could just do the parts in CAD, no manual milling or any of that, that stuff, you know, because you could mess things up pretty badly that way if you're not good at it. Um, just do it in CAD, spit out a part. They weren't very good, but they were better than other things um and the iterative nature of it is where you really see the benefit because you can 
you know, in like 10 hours, maybe depending on how long it or how big the part is, you get the part and you're like, Oh, this is no good at all. And then you go back, change a couple of things in CAD, start again. You know, whereas if you were getting something more traditionally manufactured, the turnaround time is probably much bigger. And you also spent a lot more money on that one iteration. So it's like, ah, do we really want to go with another one? You know, it used to be that, you know, products you would buy might have one or two rounds of prototyping before they go with the final thing. And if something goes wrong with it, oop, that's on the company. They got to eat that cost of getting it fixed and ordering a whole new run. And who knows what they're going to do with that inventory. But now you can 3D print as many times as you want, basically, and get it perfect. Oh, and that's, that's a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. We work with a company uh, here locally in Tampa that does things I can't talk about. But one of the things they found is crazily useful is that their clients are incredibly impatient. That's why I'm not mm -hmm. going to name them because I'm kind of bad-mouthing their customers. But it's secondhand bad-mouthing. Okay, I'm just repeating what they're telling me. This industry would require tons of, of prototypes. And previous to utilizing 3D printing, this company was going to their factory in China. They were having a mold cut and shot so that you could get a prototype. And if, the, and if their client didn't like it, they just wasted multiple weeks, tens of thousands of dollars on a good time. I mean, some of these Even on molds, a draft mold, that's still expensive. Oh yeah, on, on just, you know, a, 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 an aluminum mold, mm -hmm. maybe they'll get it for five grand. It's still yeah. five grand every single time. Mm -hmm. With 3D printing, we're normally able to do turnarounds in a week or less for them, especially if they're, Designs are a little easier, um, you know, and it's a couple hundred bucks, right? I think our the most expensive thing we've done to them was a little over a grand. And that was because we had a 17-hour turnaround. That was a required 17-hour turnaround with a full reverse engineer part, okay? So you got to mm. pay to have something done that quickly, right? We basically had to tell yeah. all of our other customers, hey, we've got an emergency part we're going to add a day to, you know, whatever turnaround times we had told you. Yeah. Um, you know, and that kind of turnaround is important for this industry, right? Cause if this, if their client can get this product out before a competitor comes out with a variant of it, it's going to be a lot of money for them, right? It's first to market. It doesn't matter mm. if you have the, the best one. It's who came up with the idea first. That's what the market mm. generally cares about. And 3D printing has been huge for them because they're able to shorten their lead times. And right. I, talked, I talked with the owner at Nauseam about this and he never once talks about the money. He does not care. Now, don't get me wrong. He cares about money. But I have a feeling we could charge considerably more. Mm -hmm. And it's because we're doing it incredibly fast. That's where it becomes a profitable business for him. Because, you know, not, not only are we doing it affordably, but now he can turn around three prototypes in a week if he's really mm -hmm. pushing. And he can get the sales process done faster. These clients are closing a million to $2 million each every time they do a sale with this, with this company. So it behooves them to try to uh, 
clean this sales process as quickly and efficiently as possible, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, we've seen sales cycles go from two years down to six months, yeah. which, I mean, if you're a sales guy and you are a commission-based sales guy, the faster well, you can get them. You are, yeah, you're, you're in love with 3D printing. 3D printing is, uh, you know, your version of the perfect uh, person to wake up next to, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess that has a lot to do with this business, 3D printing. <laughs> Hi, better three quarters. <laughs> uh, but, you know, realistically, it, it, there are so many benefits out there, and it, it goes beyond just business, right? inventors to iteratively design mm -hmm. we are working with an inventor right now that filed and was granted a full-on utility patent you're you're at you're in five grand before mm -hmm. you cross this threshold no problem and he did it for a product that he never had made Mm. And so when we got this product in our lab to say, hey, can you produce this? We looked at the patent and said, no, there's, okay, we didn't say no. We said not cheaply, mm. not cheaply. Um, that was the, the big thing had to do with how expensive it was. Um, so so know, no we had optimization to had happened. None none they were using any which way arms which are similar to like the mounts for um mm -hmm. like a gorilla pod right. like lock line style but it can't hold 10 pounds three feet away you can't they they they, they do exist mcmaster car sells them but none nobody had the budget for this i mean you were looking at each of these arms is going to run three plus hundred dollars that's ridiculous yeah when there are considerably better solutions like gas spring monitor mount arms out there that are 50 bucks or less for a pair. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we don't actually know what's going to happen with this guy's patent. It's not technically our job, right? They, they paid us to make a uh, product that can be manufactured, not a product that fits their patent w because uh, initially we were paid to make a product that fit their patent and we said we can't do it the mm -hmm. you design something in your head without making sure that you could do it in person and that's a huge mistake in sort the, of the cart before the horse absolutely I, I was that that probably sums up like the 20 minutes of me rambling <laughs> uh, but yes th th this guy did the patent well before he had the product and look, we don't care. Yeah. File that's your not on our end. In Florida. Now each state is different, but Florida is a first to file state. Get your provisional. It is $225 or less to get your provisional patent. The USPTO does not look at them as us patent and trademark office, USPTO. They do not look at it unless there is a litigious reason to do so. So if you are in a court case where somebody stole your idea mm -hmm. and you had a provisional on it, now the USPTO will go through, search the records, and they're going to see when you filed and when they filed. And if you filed first, you have a case. You win. If they filed first, 
you wasted $225. You know, and the other problem with going full on patent without having a product, patents are uh, public, public record. I can go on a Google mm -hmm. and search this individual's name and find their patent. So, so if, if you go I, too early, you're, uh, you're basically showing them your hand. Right. You're, you're, you're playing high stakes poker against some of the biggest high rollers in the market, you're all in and they still have millions of dollars. And mm -hmm. that's standard for most, you know, first time inventors where you, you can't fight these big companies. Mm -hmm. you, you can't do it. They will Even litigate if you're right. you into the, yeah, it doesn't matter. Unfortunately, yeah. the patent system is broken in that way. They don't care yeah. if you're right. They care who can prove it in court. And that um, comes down to money. Yep. It's very, this is an issue that happened with Whammo Bunch of Balloons. If you want to take a look at that, I'm not going to get into the details of it, but uh, TLDR, $41 million the gentleman spent to prove that he was right. And the judge did not force the uh, copycat to stop manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And so that man spent $41 million effectively for nothing. That's $41 million he could have spent on his product just to keep going. Yep. yep. Now I, yeah, I think it was 41. It might've been four. It might've been 4.1. I, I remember a four and a one. 41 yeah. sounds better than four. Multiple 1. millions of dollars. But it, let's be frank. Both of that is an, a, is an egregious amount of money. $4.1 million will buy 3d musketeers. I will mm -hmm. hand it off to you. <laughs> Client list. I'll walk with 4.1 million. Take it. Don't care. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> put me under a non-compete i done <laughs> i won't have to work another day of my life and i'll make sure all the team is taken care of too but you know the 3d printing can save these kinds of issues now it's not going to save a big company from ripping you off but mm. it's going to save you from filing a patent that could viably be a complete waste of time right because this way you could get your product yep. sort of sketched out in a physical sense and you can iterate on it, get it to where you want it, and then file your patent because then you're ready. You're basically, you know, one step away from going to market. Great example. We have here a fan duct. This is a fan duct for one of our printers. I'm not going to tell you which one because it is part of a R&D thing that we're doing mm -hmm. uh, that we will eventually work with the company to license. We had over 20 prototypes before we found one that we're happy with and it's still not perfect. It works, but it's not perfect. And 3D printing allows us to very quickly iterate. Now it's a 3D printed part for a 3D printer. So, uh, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, but mm -hmm. it solves a major deficit that this machine had. Um, it had a cooling fan. It only just cooled from one side and that was kind of annoying. Uh, you know, so we did it ourselves, right? We, we reverse engineered things where we needed to and utilized uh, open source CAD where we could, right? The hot mm -hmm. ends are all open source. So we're able to pull in models from the internet Drop that in. and to design around it. But it, 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 that kind of thing is what saves us thousands of dollars. We could go and get it milled out of aluminum. Ultimately, that is the goal. The goal is to mill it. Uh, either out of like a FR4, Garolite, or um, aluminum, because uh, outside of like polycarb or nylon, all the plastics that we've tried droop over time. They get too hot. Creep. Uh, yep. Yep. 
excuse me. But you, it, it's been very beneficial to us. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're not alone here. 3D printing is something that's been around since 1984, commercially available since 2008. And companies all over the world utilize this technology to assist them in their systems. So um, in a previous company that you worked for, you guys used 3D printing often to verify size, fits, and dimensions. Talk about that a little bit, or maybe talk about some experiences in school sure. when you used it, and how that modified your process and... I want to know, like, when you first started using 3D printing, were there apprehensions and all that, too? I'm I'm curious to hear about that journey. And I think our listeners and watchers might be interested, too, right? Because Mm -hmm. they need to get to know us, too. We're on on episode five, and neither of us have done a, you know... uh, This is my story. Yeah, Yeah. our story. Maybe we should do an hour story. Maybe we'll do it as a... uh, uh, an audio only bonus episode. Cause we have one of those mm-hmm. coming out. Maybe we figured it out yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so like we went into this very slightly in my, uh, in the uh, cost of 3d pin- printing episode that we did. Yeah. Um, so when I started college, I was living in Colorado, my home state. Um, and there, like the second year I was there, we got a 3d printing lab in the basement. You know, and it was early days then. It was uh, it was like you said that you had those Gearlite FR4 boards as a heat bed. Well, I don't even know if it was heated, where the uh, it had holes in it, and you just hope that your first layer kind of drooped into it and adhered that way, um, and it often failed on the first layer. So, 3D printing for us then was kind of intimidating. It took a little bit of a while. It took a little while to get. Uh, like sort of used to using it um, in projects because not only did you have to, you know, learn how to put the parts into the printer, um, which was new, you know, exporting STLs out of SolidWorks or what have you. Yeah. You used to step or SLD part file. Yeah. I think, I think I was using Creo then. So, Oh God. It you was are, a bit I of a forget mess. that you were a masochist at one, at one point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it is so finicky. Um, yeah. But uh, beyond that, you know, and then, then, then you had to also sort of baby the printer and tweak things because they didn't level themselves or anything. It was a, you had to move little uh, screws on springs under the bed. Oh, the worst. it was a pain. Um, so you had to kind of sit there and baby it because it often would not fail. I mean, it often wouldn't succeed until maybe the third attempt. But what uh, what I really liked about it was we didn't necessarily have to go and or design two off-the-shelf parts. We could design something that was purpose-built for what we needed for a given project. Like I remember, like I think the first 3D printed parts I used not just for like fun stuff. Like the first year that I was doing it, I did a bunch of. Uh, Christmas ornaments for my family. That was that was a fun thing. But the first project that I used it on was like a uh, it was like a marble maze on an acrylic piece mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that um, you started the marble in one corner with a button. They would drop it in, and then your objective was to use. We had like uh, little actuators in each corner that tipped it in different directions. You had a joystick. Um, you were trying to get it to a hole in the center, which would trigger a little sensor and I think we had it play like the Star Wars theme or something as the 
like the winnings thing because we could uh i think we shoved it on an sd card into like a little sound module and that was our thing um it was very very basic but we 3d printed the corner brackets that held the actuators because we didn't have anything that really we could attach those to so we're like well let's just design it you know let's you way better than going to the hardware store and you look at some of these parts right this is a part that you have to make in two pieces yeah there's no way you have to make in two pieces then bond it together there's quite a few things in 3d printing that cannot be made with traditional means of manufacturing Mm -hmm. and that's a big deal right because it allows engineering companies it allows uh architecture firms uh, aerospace to do things previously thought to be impossible right koningsegg is famous for this they 3d print the exhaust to their vehicles out of titanium now koningsegg makes extremely high-end some of the fastest bad cars in the world bad being good not yeah christian von christian von koningsegg is a visionary in uh the hypercar industry we're we're outside of supercars these cars are incredibly fast they're absolutely gorgeous and they're famous for this they're famous for 3d printing parts where they can because they make so few cars like they're mm-hmm. a production for them is like 20 cars yeah it so for low run it makes pay. sense right and yeah sure that titanium 3d printer is going to run you eight hundred thousand to 1.4 million dollars but when you're selling the car for three million dollars <laughs> you don't care no because everything now becomes bespoke well and another example of that is uh is it SpaceX that 3D prints their uh, their bell nozzles out of yep. Inconel? It because they use like a they use some kind of support structure that you couldn't machine or mold, so 3D printing is the only way to do it. And in, yep. in that case, again, it's a low run situation, so it makes more sense to do it that way because there's no there's no mass production to mass produce. Yep. Yep. I mean, it, Ford has been 3D printing intakes on their uh, vehicles for years, not in production, but when they're doing their prototyping, right? They want to mm-hmm. make sure the intakes function. They can have certain little holes for measurement devices that won't show up on the final part. So they only have to cut a mold once, right? right. Garrett, Garrett makes turbochargers. Actually, they, I believe they just filed for bankruptcy protection. Ah. Uh, COVID hurt them, but mm. uh, they were famous for 3D printing their turbine wheels on their turbochargers mm. when they were doing production. They would 3D print them, and then if it was needed to balance it, they would then post mill. So they would actually 3D print it a little bit large and then post yeah. mill it because Just it took care of 95% of the effort, right? Because milling something out of steel titanium even aluminum that has got all these intricate curves where you need to use a five axis machine is very slow it is very intricate and, and one expensive. little oh god it's expensive and even if you do it in house yeah you know machines from dmg mori haas dusan uh trying to think of some of the others herco uh mm-hmm. Pick your poison yeah. CNC companies out there. Oh, you're, yeah. I have to say Eurotech, they're local here. They're up in the Brooksville area. The, the machines 
are ungodly expensive and they're beautiful anyone yeah. that if you get the opportunity to see a flying five or a trunnion style five where it's got a rotary and then mm -hmm. a swivel plate on it so it, it's it, it's actually a three axis it's a three plus two the way i look at it but mm -hmm. it enables simultaneous five axis where it it's so it, cool to watch it's, like it's kuka oh um, to watch like kuka arms do this where they're like Oh, it's gorgeous. Six degrees of freedom is absolutely amazing to watch. And, you know, people have put 3D printer attachments on Haas CNC machines. They put them on KUKA robots. And they do this because a lot of these companies have already spent the millions of dollars on the machinery. All they mm -hmm. need is a $200,000 upgrade that now takes their previous subtractive only machine and turns it into an additive or subtractive and that's a big deal especially on a machine that's like end of life you're not using it a ton anymore because you know maybe four axes is just not you know what you need or maybe it's a little too small mm -hmm. it is perfect perfect candidate for a 3d printer upgrade and mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people did back in the day man if you had access to a gantry system you generally use that. You put an extruder on it. All of a sudden, you got yourself a pretty terrible 3D printer, but it was something. Yeah. And the, the benefits go beyond this, right? They're great for even home stuff. I mean, I, I was at a uh, I was at a student's house. I'm also a teacher. I explained this in the last episode. If you missed it, go take a go take a listen or a watch. We talked about the cost of 3D printing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was over at uh, this gentleman's house. He's 15 years old. Um, he's in high school uh, to help him with his really cool E3D tool changer 3D printer. And he had tons of Lego. He had the biggest Lego ever made, the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. And it was freaking huge. It was, it had to have been four and a half feet long. It thinks it's massive. enormous. It is. I don't know what they cost, but I, oh, I imagine they're incredibly it's extremely expensive. expensive. And uh, one of my father's former bosses was huge in Lego, had a whole room in his home dedicated to Lego. The ability to 3D print custom parts like Lego is amazing, right? Mm. And if you are a hobbyist, model train guys go crazy for 3D printing. I just wish a lot of them understood it. <laughs> as, we, uh, as we learned the hard way that one time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's how <laughs> I was a model train guy. I how you met. You know, I'm, I'm an amateur horologist. No, that is not the study of women. Get that out of your mind. There is no W in horology. It is a oh. clock maker. Um, uh, some of my oldest clocks are well over 100 years old and hold within 30 seconds a week, which is pretty cool. They're fully mechanical. I'll have to show one on on stream you one absolutely day. should but uh you know we had a grandfather clock come in so i moonlighted at, at this clock shop locally it's like a second family to me we had a grandfather clock come in and grandfather clocks ha generally have a, a a knob on them to adjust what song you want to hear so they normally either have uh, large um reed style chimes like a big mm -hmm bell chimes they have smaller bell chimes those are called sonora movements mm. uh and then there were ones that had um 
like spring style gongs. Um, but you could adjust how these hammers interacted to play different tunes. The most common one is the Westminster, the ding, 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 mm -hmm. ding, ding, ding. It's a Westminster. But some people don't like that. And these clocks have uh, camming systems to adjust it. Well, that camming system is normally, historically, made out of plastic because it is something that is a wear item. Um, like old, old grandfathers used uh, wood because mm. they, 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 wood clocks will last centuries before they need service. It's really cool. Uh, because of how wood-on-wood -wood contact, it'll uh, work hard and, and basically become a bearing surface. <laughs> um, but, you know, this particular grandfather clock was uh, made in the mid to late 70s. And the plastic part for it to adjust, you know, what style of chime you wanted was in, was in three pieces. And mm. normally, they would glue it back together. We tried that, we assembled the clock, and it broke again. This part mm. was made of nylon. Um, now, I don't know if we had injection molding of nylon in the 70s. Uh, I don't keep up with that kind Probably. of history. If we didn't, then somebody else worked on the clock. It's common that these clocks come in, uh, potentially the same shop worked on it. They've been around for you know, well over four decades. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, they've seen some things. And, uh, you know, the, the owner was he had just gotten a block of wood out because he was going to carve one by hand. His name is Dave, uh, David Boyd of Boyd, Boyd clocks. I'm going to shout him out. I don't, yeah, why not? You know, why not? You know, hook him up, but uh, a great guy, really cool guy, amazing story. And just a wealth of knowledge on a very particular subject. Um, he was about to spend, you know, 45, 50 minutes as a business owner, someone whose time is so incredibly taken up that he has two different planners he has two different cell phones and he buys really cheap cars does bare maintenance on them and when they die he leaves them calls a scrapper and just buys another thousand dollar van because the amount of time that it takes him to get normal maintenance like tires like brakes i mean brakes will last a long time people okay he's not driving a death trap uh, windshield wipers air conditioning he doesn't need that to do his job he needs time yes the time puns are abundant here but i said dave let me 3d print this for you so took it home uh reverse engineer it took me about 20 minutes and again i'm not an engineer so it, it took me probably 15 minutes longer than an engineer would take. Um, but I got it right on the first try. So I made a dozen of them and I brought them in fit like a glove. And he said, you know, man, that's, that's crazy. I, I've never really understood 3d printing and to see how it can help this industry. This is the kind of technology that keeps this industry alive because a lot of these parts you can't get anymore. And unless you're going to use period correct machinery, which they had, Right, they have the machinery to do all this, but unless you use period correct machinery or you're using expensive CNC equipment, 3D printing is really one of the only options. Yeah. Unless you're going to spend the time to do it yourself, and that was a huge revelation for him. He, you know, he knew that I was in business. Yeah, um, you know, he knew that I had a 3D printing business, but it had never come up. Right. Well, and the fact that he was prepared to just sit there and carve it himself, you saved him so much time. Yeah, and yes, the the uh, 
astute among us will say, well, you know, he would have had it that same day. Well, it didn't matter. The customer wasn't coming that day. Yeah. He had time to do it. And instead, he was able to work on a different clock while I worked on this grandfather clock. I'm sure I have photos of it somewhere. If I do, and there's nothing in there that I can't share, we'll be mm -hmm. sure to put them in the description of the uh, podcast and on YouTube so you guys can check out the photos. Um, and uh, likely I can, pro I can probably share the Fusion 360 model. We can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, at, at least the we can link to it. You know, yeah. that's, that's just one of those times where I, I, I was not into clock making and actually here i'll show you guys i still have and it's attached to my computer the ticket to my first clock does it look right to you because to me it looks backwards can you read I can, it i can read it okay so it, it says grant posner correctly yeah. over okay yeah okay. It's uh, not now, okay good yeah this is the ticket to my first clock um it's a, a Hershey tambour mantle clock. I'm not going to bore everybody with clock talk today, <laughs> but that clock... Uh, That'll be its own episode. We traced it back to 1919, and for all you woodworkers out there, the case is solid mahogany. I found it at our local Goodwill. I paid $4 for it. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite clocks. But, you know, that was an instance where I was not there to... Um, to sell 3D printing. I was there because I liked clocks and um, I'm a dancer, not Chippendales, even though they all make fun of me that I'm a Chippendale dancer. I am definitely not in the right shape for that. <laughs> um, I, I do a lot of jazz and swing dancing or used to, I haven't danced since January. We're uh, filming this in late September, uh, of course, COVID. Uh, and uh, in April, I, uh, herniated two discs in my back. So uh, COVID has given me a great excuse to be lazy. <laughs> uh, you know, if I'm not going to blame it on the back. But, um, you know, I, I brought in this clock to the shop because they're the only one in the area. And a guy pokes his head out and says, I, I know you from somewhere. I said, and do you know anything about 3 being? He said, nope, no. He said, I'm going to ask you a really awkward question. And if you don't want to respond, you don't have to. But are you a dancer? And I said, yeah, well, why? <laughs> yeah. So you, you dance in the torpedo room, right? I'm like, yes, I, I do. He's like, that's where I know you from. He's like, dude, you're going to fit right in. Come <laughs> on back. And uh, it even says on the ticket, going to rebuild himself. So the, the deal that we have there is for every two clocks that I fix for their customers, I can use their tools and knowledge to fix one of mine. I think that's a very fair thing, right? It helps them stay in business. Hmm. There's no exchange of money. So there's no taxes. There's no BS, right? It's a little quid pro quo, uh, the good kind, of course, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I found a second home when times were tough here. And I'm rambling a little bit, but I, I'm just trying to establish something here. When times were tough at 3D Musketeers and uh, we had a really hard time paying bills, uh, I went to the owner of the clock shop and said, hey, look, it's really tough in the business. He said, say no more, 15 bucks an hour. Let me know how much I owe you. That was it. No questions asked. And he said, you know, when, when everything's good, if you want to keep submitting timesheets, I'll keep paying them. 
But if you want to go back to volunteering, that's fine. You have the opportunity to switch back and forth as often as you need. We are a family here and we take care of our own. And that's important because it's priceless. I, of course, go out of my way to talk about 3D printing when I can because, well, it's a business. Right. I, did, I never thought of this place as a way to hawk my services. This was just a, it was a, it's therapy for me. Right? Yeah. It's, it's engineering pornography. Cathartic. If you've ever looked at a mechanical clock, they're incredible. I don't have any movements that I can show you because I don't know when I can get down there. So sometimes I would bring movements home and do all the stuff here. Um, but I don't because I don't know when I can get them back and I don't want their customers to have to wait. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it, it, it <clears throat> when we made that connection, he's like, dude, I've got room in the back of our facility. If you want to move some printers here said, the only deal is you got to train us how to use them. And when you're not utilizing them, we can use them for work stuff or stupid stuff. Hmm. everyone's a kid on the inside at the end of the day. And uh, we were looking at making that move and moving into Hillsborough County out of Pasco um, and basically opening up a secondary location so I could get some of these printers off a rack, regain this, um, this area of the facility. Uh, and then some things in my life changed. I accepted a, a full-time job. Um, we're not going to get into that right now, but, um, now, I know that offer is always on the table. And mm -hmm. anytime that I can get down there, it's a little tough right now for the drive, I always go and visit them. And Dave always talks about that 3D printed part. He also always shows me the Torbillin that I made for him. A Torbillin, uh, it's a gyroscope clicking clock movement. Um, mm. You go online, look up Torbillin, T O. You are B I L L O N. That sounds oh, right. Google. Hey, I got it right on the first try. It's a, it's a skeletonized watch movement, basically. Mm. And I 3D printed him one. And uh, it doesn't work all that well, but he spent, and I know he did it like at night when the shop was closed. He got it running and it runs really well now. <laughs> um, and he, he loves it. It's fascinating him because it's technology that he's never had access to that's the kind of benefit for 3d printing and it's not intrinsic right it it didn't save them millions of dollars but you know that's a man that never looked at this kind of technology until someone said hey you should try this and he said oh yeah. what the hell i'll give it a shot i've got other work i can be doing and if you are a business if you are a person if you are a lizard person, we don't discriminate really. Uh, and you haven't utilized 3D printing in your life. We've got one question for you. Why? 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 Why not? There's a whole meme. Why? Why? I'll find it. I'll put it in the description. Uh, <laughs> oh, I got to yeah, type seriously. why meme. Why wait? The, uh, the world is your oyster, basically. It is. And uh, you just got to dip your toe in it. This technology is freaking cool. As someone that is quite literally around it, they're all the time. I'm jaded to it. But behind me is a machine that I programmed 
to make a part for an inventor that does not exist. That's freaking cool. This gentleman that had a pipe dream, that spent a ton of money to get it patented, is now able to put it in his hands and say, this is good, this is bad, change this, leave this. That is freaking cool. And that's the beauty of it. You could take an idea off of a napkin and turn it into a fully-fledged physical thing in your hands. You can. And, uh, yeah. There's... I hate to say that the possibilities are endless because it's cliche, it's Mm -hmm. stupid, and it's hyperbolic. But it's actually true, right? There are very few limitations. The biggest limitation in 3D printing is your budget. We can make you literally anything. If you give us a, you know, what is it, the American Express, American Express black card that has no <laughs> limit or a blank check with a, you know, million dollar account, we can make you literally anything. This technology mm-hmm. opens up doors that were previously closed and it does it through means that are unheard of to the general public. That's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is to get this technology out there. We want you, the listener, the watcher, the person that's like, why the hell am I still listening to these people? (laughs) To understand this technology is really cool. So here's what I'm going to do. We're gonna give away consultations. I want anyone that's been thinking about getting into 3D printing to call us, email us. You can go to makingawesomepodcast.com or you can go to the actual or 3dmpodcast.com. You can go to 3dmusketeers.com slash podcast. They all go to the same place, spoiler alert, because, you know, that kind of thing works. And we're going to have some memes that we're going to start playing around with. Uh, Linus, watch your back. Uh, <laughs> We believe that every single person can benefit from this technology. And it could be in a dumb little way. Maybe there's a part to your car that's broken. I I drive an 18 year old car. The parts break on the damn thing daily. Why would I go to the dealer? I mean, if anything, I'd go to the junkyard and find a junked car and take a part from it. But what's its lifespan gonna be? I can 3D print my own replacement and sure, you know, I could likely get it from Amazon. Great example, the uh, brake switch depressor pad on my brake pedal disintegrated. So my brake lights never turned off. Mm. Kind of a problem. A little bit. If you don't have a battery charger. Because if you don't know, even when your key is out of the ignition, you press on the brake pedal, your brake lights turn on. Mm-hmm. So my car always thought the brake lights were on. I had no idea. Until no idea. Uh, until it wouldn't turn on anymore. Until no, actually, someone said, "Hey, your brake lights are always on." I'm like, "What?" Like, yeah, your brake lights are always on. So I pull over. I look. I'm like, oh, "Yes, they are." The part you're not is in the car, and they're I'm still like, on. I didn't know. It's not something I checked <laughs> for. It must have happened when I was driving. Mm. Well, the part's five bucks from Amazon, but that's a two-day wait. You're tail lights will melt 
in two days. Now, I was actually going dancing at the time when I, when I found this out. So uh, when I got to where I was going, I pulled the, I pulled the battery terminal, right? Because I'm not going to let the battery die, which of course means all your radio stations reset. That's the worst part. And the clock resets, the worst part. Um, but, oh, and I have to, you know, the, it's a Honda, so it has a anti-theft system. If the battery gets mm. disconnected, you have to put on a code for the radio to unlock the radio. Oh, and it's attached to the VIN number of the car. I didn't know any of this until I couldn't get it's the like radio back. like the last back four on. or something? No, no. It's a special code. They have a decoding huh. system on their website where there's a code in the glove box plus your VIN number, and it will tell you the code. So unless you have full access to the vehicle, you can't. The idea is if you well, the idea is if you steal the radio, it's right? useless. It's a double-din double radio. It's useless unless you took down this information and can decode it, or stole the whole car. That too, but it's an eighteen-year-old car. No one wants an eighteen-year-old car. Come on, yeah. thieves! This Honda might be worth two grand, maybe. If someone wants to offer me two grand, I would probably consider it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that car. That was my, my, my first car. Uh, it's a great car to drive. But I was able to come home, design it, because I, I, you know, I saw the part. I know how big it's supposed to be. I took some measurements from the car, and I left the battery terminal on. I said, come hell or high water, the battery is going to die, or I'm going to fix it. 41 minutes later, I had a replacement part. No Amazon, no two-day wait. No Amazon, no nothing. Probably and, spent, you know, 10 cents of materials. Oh, yeah. The, and I spent like 30 minutes trying to figure out how to design it because I'm not good. Uh, <laughs> and I even made it on Flex, and I made it acid green because I can. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's still there to this day. It's just one of those things where... I did that because the it's accessible to me. It's easy. Mm -hmm. it, it, it wasn't it wasn't difficult. Super. It's easy. one more option in your toolbox. That it was super easy, barely an inconvenience. If you get that reference, let us know in the comments. That is a reference to an obscure YouTube channel that I happen to like. Leave a comment if you know what <laughs> I'm talking about. But uh, it, it was, and there are other times like the uh, windshield washer line clips i can't find those the only way to buy them is an assembly with the engine um insulation oh that's like a 400 hundred dollar part from honda don't need yeah. it 3d printed the freaking clips mind you the first time i did it i ran a zip tie and i did that and i'm like no i want to do it right not because i should but because i can <laughs> The zip tie worked just fine. But you know, the, there are places in your lives where 3D printing can be hugely beneficial. You just have to unlock that potential. So that's mm -hmm. why we want people to call us. We want you to email us. Um, you know, we have forms on our website. You can fill out. We get in contact with you. A lot of times it's me. The same idiot you're listening to right now will be the one likely reaching out to you because I'd like to do a lot of the front end customer work. It's fun for me to learn about people's history, why they're doing it. It's important. It's very important. Um, you know, so the benefits are there. And especially if you're a businessman, you are able to sh take those lead times, 
and just kneecap them. It is incredible how fast 3D printing can be comparatively. Even if you can do milling in-house, you're days and days out where you can make a quick design, whip it up on the printer, and it's done tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's the great benefit of it. And that's no more having to wait for samples from China. Oh God. And especially in today's, you know, in today's climate of USA, 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 right? We want it made in America. We all know machinists are not cheap. Yeah. We also all know that engineers are not cheap, but if you got someone there with the skills, knowledge and ability to do 3d printing, dude, do it. If not, Give us a call, 3dmusketeers.com, 813-803-4973, or info at 3dmusketeers.com. And I swear, if any of you put an A in musketeers, I'm going to be upset. Mind you, we also own 3dmusketeers.com with the A in musketeers, so... (laughs) And it reroutes. It reroutes directly to the correct website, but still, um, it it still frustrates me. The candy is with an E. The movie is with an E. The book is with an E. There's never been a time where it was with an A. Is this like a Mandala effect type thing? I don't know. I don't know. Mandela? It, it, Mandela. Oh. Yeah, Nelson Mandela, right? Yeah. 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 I remember them. Uh, yes. Berenstain. The Berenstain Bears. Yeah. 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 I was trying to think of the... I'm like, it's a bear thing. I forget what the bears are. It's a bear thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's you never know. been a musket musketeers musket like a you know civil war weapon yes 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 you know and we're doing these first few episodes as more of an educational series so that uh, we get a lot of these same questions we get questions about what is cad what about these different materials where and we can just say hey here's our podcast hey here's a blog hey here's a video watch at your convenience and let us know because Mm -hmm. we're spending a lot of time going over the same stuff over and over and over again and that kind of sucks kind of really sucks consider this podcast series like a a long form faq sort of at least for now we're gonna you know once we get a lot of these faqs taken care of we're going to transition more into uh you know just what's going on in the industry why we care about it why we don't care about it um, you know, talking about some products that we can talk about, having guests on here. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already booked our first guest. Uh, so I'm really, really happy about that. But, you know, this is, this is an ever-evolving industry. And every mm-hmm. single day something happens, you know. Uh, companies come up with different printers. Uh, hacks are done for certain printers. Uh, you know, people release models that change the way we look at calibration, change the way we look at <sighs> certain pieces. I mean, I'm literally holding a part that's made of silicone that we did in the 3D printed injection mold, which we talked about and showed if you're watching us on YouTube uh, on one of our first episodes about 3D printing versus injection molding. You know, we're going to do um, little mini episodes about like what is 3D printing. We did one on what is CAD. Uh, baby, don't hurt me because I that's it's just <laughs> funny to me. Uh, but the, I think it's great because there's huge potential here for the younger generations to, you know, get involved in this doesn't cost a lot to have a 3d printer at home 
but what it can do for your for your child or really for your significant other that you're going to call it a gift for the child but we both know the significant other is going to use it more maybe you're going to use it more and you're using the child as the excuse to buy it don't lie to yourselves <laughs> uh, or to your spouses that's bad kids but um you know this can foster imaginations that cardboard boxes could only dream of <laughs> you know it, it can foster careers careers a something that you can get for less than a thousand dollars can foster a career think about this it. is like the the erector sets of the modern day sort of it really is but you make your own damn erector set exactly yeah there's a whole another level of creativity to it i believe erector sets are are uh you know the patent has expired so i'm sure they're 3d printable oh yeah somebody's but, probably made all the models already I'm sorry, I did not sleep much last night. Oh, dude, uh, the the guy that that makes the business card kits, the snap mm. together kits, just put out one for the land speeder and tie fighters. Oh, I've seen those on I, uh, Thingiverse, right? I know you're a big Star Wars fan. I'm looking to see if a Rector set is on here. I should be going to PrusaPrinters.org instead of Thingiverse. Thingiverse is owned by Stratasys. Prusa Printers is owned by our buddy, Mr. Joseph Prusa. But yep, totally, it's all on there. I knew Every it. Every piece for an Erector set, including the wrench. Including <sighs> the wrench. Oh, what about, um? wasn't the Erector set, it was the other thing. The plastic, like, pipes with the little uh, hucks that they went into. An you know X? what I'm talking about? Mm. Tinker Toys, Tinker Toys. Oh, Tinker Toys. Oh, oh I had to draw those. They always came in that little like, cardboard tube. S some stuff. Nowhere, so, yeah. near, nowhere near as much as... Um, mm -hmm. Erectors. As Erector sets. So that could be a... God, I'm sorry. It's either patent or also it's like people only want to replace things that have broken... Right, and a, a those things sets. lasted forever. Oh, dude, they they did. Erector sets did too. They were made out of stamped steel. <gasps> Look right? what and you're steel. doing to me. Oh well, you know that. At, at least we know you're not <laughs> a psychopath, right? <laughs> I saw that online. That a, a good way to tell. Is that a, is that, is that a really true yeah. way to tell? Wow, it's, a, that, it's, a, it's an empathy thing. Oh, the lack of empathy goes that deep that yeah, even yawning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's freaky. I can not confirm that I saw right, it online but I mean, randomly. Yeah, but I, I believe it. That makes sense. Folks, Let verify me, the things you read on the internet. Always find a second source, preferably not from the same place. <laughs> Don't do what I just did. I'm literally go. I'm googling it right now, looking for a. Give me a journal. Holy yeah. crap, I found it. Yeah, see if you can find it in a scientific journal at the very least. Don't just uh, take your great aunt on Facebook's advice and run with it because that's how we end up in uh, the boring I'm, dystopia we live in. I would normally include this in the description, but boy, that's going to throw off the algorithm, so I think I'm going <laughs> to leave that one out if you... Uh, it's on sciencedirect.com. It's got the entire uh, the entire link to it. I'm trying to see. Um, 
So it was from Baylor University, the Department of Psychology and Neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was available online as of June 5th, 2015. And it was accepted into a journal uh, May 19th of 2015. So this is actually uh, published peer-reviewed science. Because remember, always trust but verify unless it's politics mm-hmm. then just straight verify don't trust anything yeah. that you see um that god i can't wait for the elections to be over you and me the both, amount, dude the amount of attack ads that we get are absolutely ridiculous we are getting I've so been, far off topic but that's okay <laughs> i'd say we use like the last five minutes to screw around <laughs> it's all right I've been getting so many calls that go straight to my spam thing. Yep. I don't know what update it was, but now Android has like an automatic like spam folder for texts and calls yep. that it's like, this is fishy, um, which is really nice. And I've been getting so many from like three states ago, like, cause I have my phone number still from Colorado and uh, uh, it's like, I don't live there anymore and I don't know anyone who would be calling me. So it's probably political, all political. Oh, and it, it, it's worse as a business, right? Because we don't know who's calling. We don't know if maybe their number was wrongfully marked as spam. The amount of times companies have called me about my vehicle's extended warranty is pretty substantial. So it is, uh, it's nuts to me. The extended like, warranty. Wow, my vehicle can, my vehicle's old enough to vote. I'm like, yeah, I love to know about my vehicle's extended warranty because I got a lot of problems with it. Oh, you know, did you, you take up all their time? Oh, God, yes. God, oh. yes. The worst now is with this text messages. I'm getting a lot of t- a spam text messages. Mm-hmm. Google has a text bomber. Google, and it's on Google's development website. It was last updated in 2011 but it's called SMS bomber. I'm looking at it right now and I will Is it like not. an SMS kind of like almost like a DDoS attack? Basically, but Google Ooh. made it, so I'm calling it okay. Ooh. And it'll just spam whatever it's number you put in them. it. Yeah. So oh. remember kids, don't be jerks. Only do it to spammers. <laughs> right. They deserve um, it. I also, I can't confirm that it works with the latest version of Android. Um, it works with Android amazing, 7 because uh, oh. previously, previously I was on this. It's a China, it's a China phone. It's a Lieco, a company that doesn't exist anymore, but was a daughter company of Vizio. Uh, mm. Great phone. That was Vizio insane. made phones. Well, they had a they had a uh, daughter company that made phones. Huh. But uh, I used to have a Vizio TV. Huh. Vizio makes great TVs. I wholeheartedly oh, recommend yeah. them. They're good. Yeah. Uh, especially their new um, cinema versions. Boy, we are way off. We are way off topic. At this point. <laughs> let's let, let's just call it here. I, I I think the listeners have heard enough of us, or the watchers have heard. Uh, oh man, I've seen enough of us. If you guys have the yawning. Oh God, yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, a lot of times since uh, I'm over in Florida and Tad is on the other side of the country, a right. lot of times. I am working his schedule, not the other way around. Unfortunately. And that's thank you. okay. Thank you for putting hey, up with that. <laughs> if, there's, if there's one thing that I can do right as a business owner, it's to work at the times that you know, at the staff work at. Because why, why make you conform to my time? That's ridiculous. Uh, so 
you know, it is very late for me right now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we will see you guys later. This has been, I think, episode number five. Uh, I think so. All about the benefits of 3D printing and then a little bit of ranting with Grant and Tad. This has been Making Awesome. Uh, supported by 3D Musketeers. If you guys want to be a guest, if you want to learn more, if you have questions or concerns, you can reach us at 3dmpodcast.com, makingawesomepodcast.com, or directly at 3dmusketeers.com slash podcast. We'll have all that information for you in the description. Please don't hesitate to reach out. We hope to hear from you all soon. Don't stop making awesome. Don't stop getting smarter every day. Keep pushing make sure to get out there and vote and if you're listening after november was it fourth and you haven't voted shame shame do and your you, civic duty come on and if you don't vote i do not want you complaining on facebook <laughs> but you know they will oh yeah <laughs> take care guys thanks for listening